If you're looking to fight the robots, then we've got the episode for you. Hi, I'm William Griffin, co-host of The Bob Podcast, and today I'm speaking with Jared Krause, who is the founder of BuyingOnlineBusinesses.com. He's an expert on buying and growing online businesses, and he now also helps take people with no online experience to buying and growing their own online businesses. With a decade of experience, Jared's strategies have generated millions of bucks in revenue for his clients. He's helped clients buy and grow online businesses across a range of niches, all with less time and less stress. Specifically, we talk about how to value a business and how to notice trends in the online business industry. That you will definitely need to know. We talk about how getting info from news is different from getting news from people that you know. Then we move on to the cool down in the market and how buyers might be enjoying themselves a little more lately. Then we, we talk about AI and when and how to use it, and even if you should. That from there, we move on to shiny objects, and we talk about execution versus research. Also, we talk about two angels that you may be interested in if you are having trouble in your own business. We also discuss why the solopreneur is a myth. And then we wrap up with how relationships are so important in online business and how they can lead to success in all areas of your life. And so much more, guys. So such an incredible episode. You're going to love it. I did. I loved recording it. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to tell you that this podcast is not the only way we can help you for free. We have our due diligence framework, which has saved literally millions of dollars for lots of people, for all of our clients. It'll help you take the guesswork out of buying a business. And you can get that framework at buyingonlinebusinesses.com slash free resources. That link will be in the description that is below this video. Jared Krause, welcome to the Buying Online Businesses Podcast. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm here every time, but <laughs> let's do this. Yeah, let's do it. Let's get cracking. So let's get yeah. right into it. We've, uh, I feel like a lot of the conversations lately we've been having with buyers are around valuations. So I wanted to ask you, how do you determine a fair price for an online business and kind of what factors are you considering when you're doing that? It's a really, how it's going to be a different answer, how I do it versus how some others like beginners do it. And mm -hmm. I'm going to explain why I know the market. There's a few factors. First mm -hmm. step one, due diligence. You absolutely need to know how to do due diligence. And the more data that you get for a business and the better data that you get, the more you're going to be able to determine what that business is worth. Okay. And the second, and anybody can do that. And that's what I do, right? Uh, nobody should skip that part. In fact, I'm going to put a plug in here, get our DD framework at buyingonlinebusiness.com for us free resources. Uh, it's set in industry standard. Uh, a lot of people are copying it. And uh, also what I what we see is that how brokers and marketplaces are listing information and data is based mm. on the question that we have started asking first. So we've sort of set some foundations through this uh, and it's very, very important. And that's how businesses and listings are presenting the data based on 
a lot of the questions that we ask through our framework. So guys, if you don't have that, you'd be just silly. You're just in the dark there. Mm -hmm. uh, so number one is doing due diligence is going to help you extract that data, the right data mm -hmm. to be able to understand the business better. And then to know the real value of it is understanding where the market's at as well, because a business will only sell for what the market deems it's worth or deems it's value. Mm -hmm. And, that fluctuates and changes. So uh, time of recording, and I know that this is recorded in the future um, for recorded in the recorded and is getting released in the future for people listening. Uh, time of recording and just like literally time of recording, the, which isn't long ago, this getting our podcast episode getting released is that the multiples on businesses have started to decrease. Mm -hmm. And uh, so knowing the market really helps and how you can do that. I've got a unique position because we look at businesses all day, every day. All day. Uh, every day. <laughs> so we're biased, right? Yeah. And that's another valuable thing that people get involved is that we, we help them with estimations on their offers mm -hmm. and stuff like that, what we believe it's worth based on what we see uh, for the raw data of what businesses are actually sold for. But for beginners that aren't in Bob, how how you can do that it's not as accurate but how you can do that is look at what businesses are listed for uh and try and get close to working out what they do sell for as well because listed and or asking price does not mean um sell price uh and you'll start to see and even with brokers and 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 marketplaces that multiples have started to come down for different business models uh, and being on top of that is helps you value the business as well. So those are the two main things, DD and, and understanding the market and where it's at. Okay. So for example, someone could go to, to look at the market, they could go to Flippa, see what the listings are, notice the multiples. And what are you saying about the asking price? Why are the, the, the settled, the sale price, the actual sales price? What are you saying? Yeah. So if, if we're going to use Flippa, for example, mm -hmm or another broker, uh, Flipper is a tricky one to see what the multiple is because they're so varied versus right. going to maybe a more established broker and seeing what they are between different businesses and different business models. Mm -hmm. when, you, when you look, when you understand what business model you're, you buy, you're buying criteria and the business model you're gonna buy for in that particular price range, as you continue to look at those businesses regularly, then you start to get a feel and a sense for the market and what that sort of business is worth based on the data and where the market's at. Mm -hmm. Because you're also regularly looking at those businesses in that category, in that buying criteria of yours. So you're typically on top of it and you should be. Right. Uh, and that's how you will gauge it by looking at the brokers and maybe Flipper in different places and, and seeing where those multiples are heading. Uh, and also understanding the value of that, like understanding what a bad business looks like versus what a good business looks like. And that comes about from doing your DD repetitively and having somebody showcase that to you, like what we do. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So there's that piece. And then you asked about the difference between asking price and sale price. Mm -hmm. Asking price is what a broker or a seller is wanting 
to sell the business for. It's their listing price, which is the same as their asking price. They've listed it at that particular price because that's what they are saying it's worth. Uh-huh. Let's be real, a seller and a broker want to sell their business for as much as possible. If I was selling a business, I would, I would too. I'd want to make as much money as possible too. Absolutely. And so would everybody listing. So that's understandable. <laughs> but then you've got the market that determines the value of the business right? Who's willing to hand over what amount of cash, what actual dollar figure of cash for that business is a very different thing because what it's listed for is not necessarily what it sells for. And typically we see that, you know, it's, it's, there is, uh, uh, a price difference between the two. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the seller wants to get as much as they can, right. And the buyer wants to get as much business as they can for as little dollars as they can. So um, what? Uh, it, let's say there's a content website and that content website one year ago, what multiple could it have sold for? And then in, in this day and age, what would that same content, and this is incredibly vague, I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, like what, give us an example of like the same content website selling maybe today versus a year ago, what, what kind of, how much of a multiple difference do you think people are seeing? Yeah. I know this is a loaded question because you've seen, I actually showed you this business the other day. Mm-hmm. That's what, yeah, well, <laughs> so, <quite amazing. laughs> yeah, I'm glad you did. Yeah. Uh, I was going through a business uh, and typically I push people towards a no on the purchase. And this business looked like a quite a good business. I didn't know the price of it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it probably would have sold for a 42, 43 mm-hmm. in mid 20s. 22 started 2022 okay uh and you know early mid early to mid 2023 i was going through and thought oh they could probably get this this for 43 that's what the multiple is going to be and it was still up for sale for a 31 or almost a 32 multiple and that's a 10 multiple less this is a content site Mm -hmm. in the range of let's just say between 70 to 100k and yeah, I just, I was just yeah, in a good niche and it had a lot of good metrics, mm-hmm. uh, when I was looking through the business, um, and the DD and yeah, it's just, I was just like, wow. And our, uh, our member who bought that business got an absolutely screaming deal, like a really, really good deal. Uh, and I guess that's due to multiple factors though multiple factors being the interest rates are high, mm. uh, financing is tougher. So, and getting fi- getting finance approved for like other assets and stuff is tougher. Mm-hmm. And then also because the interest rates are high, more people have uh, on their leverage, on their finance, their repayments are higher, which means they have less, you know, spare cash. Uh, or expendable money to just buy other assets. Mm-hmm. And also people that may be holding or out leveraged, um, holding assets like online businesses may need to sell their business cheaper than what they could have a year ago or two years ago. Uh, we also did have the multiples just go up crazy through and prior to COVID uh, right. with yeah, Amazon FBA aggregators buying a lot of lot of FBA businesses, which also forced up the prices of other business models as well. Mm. Um, and a lot of those guys went bankrupt. So 
there's been a there's been like a flurry of things that have happened mm-hmm. that have allowed the multiples and the price of the business to ease which and i called this at the end of 2022 um if you guys are on my email list uh you would have seen if you're not what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> you're missing out on the deals uh yeah and now it's 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 coming into existence and um yeah it's 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 some some absolute deals out there <laughs> yeah it sounds like it's uh, yeah from what we're seeing it's becoming a buyer's market so yeah and who knows how long it lasts or any of this or that but it's becoming more of a buyer's market than it was a year ago a year or two ago so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a good time to have real cash. If you don't, if you don't uh, use any leverage, it's a good time if you do have cash. Correct. Um, Correct. Yeah. You mentioned, uh, yeah, I mean, you've mentioned the multiple dropping by like 10 for that one specific business. I mean, that's a huge, that's a huge difference. <laughs> um, do you... Are there any other ways you stay up with with industry str- industry trends besides um, sc- scoping things out, like scoping brokers out and seeing what sites are buying and selling for? Are there, are there other ways you keep a thumb or a pulse mm. um, on the industry on on buying online businesses? Yeah, I'm a I, I'm an anomaly here, right, anomaly yeah, or yeah. whatever, whatever the, whatever the uh, word is yeah. here, because it's not going to be the same as what I do to what somebody listening is. But right. the reason being is because number one, I'm a hermit. I really dislike social media. I know it's controlling uh, and addictive, and I stay off that. Like, mm. and it's not good for mental health. Uh, and I'm all about mental health. And so I don't really, I don't really, I, I'm not into news. Like I don't even own a TV. So mm-hmm. I don't watch, I don't watch news and consume news and media and all the things, new things that come out. But mm-hmm. I'm in a lucky position that, uh, and I've created this position where I learn a lot of all of this stuff, these updates and stuff out of association of just being in the industry and our work. So us looking at all these businesses and then me speaking to so many people on the podcast and speaking to so many people, it can't not, you know, I can't not learn it, but I learn it in a way from the people that I know, like, and trust uh, rather than having to get media from, you know, fear media, which is a lot of like a lot of what gets put out there is, um, fear sells. So people mm-hmm. create fear media and, um, that's, that's what a lot of people consume. And, uh, I'm grateful that I don't need to. And I think what's, if I was to give advice to somebody is like, how do they stay on top of things mm-hmm. in the industry is be in the industry. Don't go, you don't need to be looking at news and what's coming down the pike and all that sort of stuff. Uh, a lot of it is hot air and a lot of it <laughs> just freaks people out mm-hmm. and and it's a distraction. It's a massive distraction, to be honest. Just like this AI thing. Uh, it's great. AI is awesome. Cool. But you don't need to spend all day every day learning about what it could be or what it could do mm-hmm. when it may never ever play out, right? It, it's really distracting people from the results of their own business. Uh I've got a friend 
uh, one of my best friends working in a startup, a property startup, uh-huh. and there's two founders and they want to get it to like a 10 mil val uh, and, and sell it off. And they, they, you know, they're getting, they're getting there. But the thing is one of them is really hungry and doing the work and the other partner is just looking at all this AI things and what they could do in the business. Uh-huh. And that, that person is in that, that partner is just super unproductive and there's a clash between these two partners. And that's what happens in your business, especially if you're the solo entrepreneur, there's one person that's driving the bus, which should be you, but you're actually off like chasing like this shiny object of like, oh, how is AI going to change the whole revolutionary of online businesses? Nobody freaking knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's all speculation until real things happen. Um, right. Like things like drop, like chat GPT. And we're like, yep, yeah, we can actually use that for this. And we've got proof and yeah, proof of use. So, um, good. Great. My word of warning to people is like, if you want to stay up to date uh-huh. on the industry, is be in the industry. Do your DD. Look at businesses, and yeah, you without you having to flood your newsfeed of of shiny object syndromes <laughs> and things like that. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I've never thought about it that way. Of like. There's multiple ways to get new information from the world. And if you get it from real people, sometimes that can be a nice buffer and it's building a relationship versus getting it from the news or from a screen. It's like getting it 3D or getting it 2D. And uh, one's maybe may way better for us as, as people, it sounds like. Yeah, it's, it's so nice to get it from a human being mm. that you trust because that human being that you trust is going to filter it in a way that's more serving to you rather than like, you're going to die if you don't know yeah. about AI. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The hook, <laughs> the fear based hook that's just like nuts. Yeah. That excites yeah. us, ignites us. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, I like the, uh, I like the, uh, the example you gave of the two, you know, one entrepreneurs, if there's a, a, a pair, a partnership, one's mm. executing and one's researching AI. And that can be a real, problem. And I, I totally see that amongst a lot of people, including myself, like there's like an angel on each shoulder, shoulder, one angel says execute. And the other angel says, go look at 20 different shiny objects, and then never <laughs> execute. <laughs> and I, think- I, yeah, it's really cool. Because I, I would urge people that do have that part of themselves of like, oh, I need to stay up to date of what's going on and what could possibly happen that may never happen. Ask yourself if you've done that for a year, that portion of you or that part of where you spend that time in researching, doing R&D and mm-hmm. working out like what is going to be happening in the future and what how you could be more productive and all that sort of stuff. Look at all that those that time spent are you getting a better ROI from that time spent on, on all of that sort of stuff? Mm-hmm. Or are you getting a better ROI of like, I've just got to get this task done. And typically, and I find this is what happens when entrepreneurs become parents is typically that all that shiny object syndrome stuff of like news and whatnot and all that just just like poof, it's out the window. And they're just like, I've just got to get these two tasks done and keep my head above water with that. And then I yeah. attend to my family and stuff like that. And, and, and parents go, oh, I'm way more productive because I, you know, I just get done what's need to be done, needed to be done. Right. I, yeah, I, I think we see the same thing. Like 
someone told me like a wife or a spouse or a partner or any kind of deadline, honestly, or any kind of external thing that keeps you accountable, that's going to help you channel you and keep you from procrastinating and doing a bunch of junk. If you have dinner at 6 p.m. with your family, you have to get all your work done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's And it's well, that work that needs to be done is the important stuff. It's the 80-20. Right. And right. I've been saying this for years and years and years and years, and I'll continue to say is that if you want to grow your business, you focus on the most important tasks, the 80-20, that mm -hmm. are going to get the results. And you do more of what's working and less of what's not working. But yet people still go, I'm going to try find other things that may work for the business and, and blow a lot of time and money on that versus like, oh, this one thing's working. How do I just lean into that more? Right, right. Yeah, it'll you'll be more direct and you'll be able to eat dinner earlier. So it's just better. Yeah. <laughs> better. So guys, if you're listening to this podcast, Jared Krause is telling you to go get a spouse, basically. No, I'm joking. He's not saying that. Uh, but real life can help us be channeled. Real life, like yeah. or the, a full life and other people and these things all can be together and help channel us for good for different facets of our life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying the way yeah. to grow your business yeah. is to have yeah. children at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's, there are some good, like I've actually, it's been a weird week of, of mm. just not a weird week, but interesting at the start of the week, I was mm. having some chats around and for everybody listening, I don't have, I don't have children, um, love kids. And I, I, there is, whether you have children or not is, you know, something you should consciously decide. I think mm. very consciously decide. Yeah. 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 I would hope so. <laughs> um, you know, uh, you mentioned AI earlier and honestly, that's mm. one question I was going to ask you. I've been shiny object. <laughs> I've been looking at some shiny objects myself lately, including AI. Oh. Um, maybe we could zoom the question out with anything new, such as these shiny objects, what is what is the solopreneur or the the individual person? What is their response to these new things? How should they? Um, I guess we've kind of mentioned that just before, but like as these things do come about, these new things come. How does someone kind of balance execution and then discovering new things? And um, yeah, what are your thoughts like? like how to channel mm. that or how to set a rule or something that keeps you fairly focused? Yeah, it's a really good question. And I guess it depends on your business, but I guess in the rawest form is uh, because AI is such a hot topic and there is so much hot air and so much fear media around it. Uh, that like, oh, you're going to die, you know, and everything <laughs> around you and your assets are going to die if you don't, or you're never going to have a job again. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, yeah. It's just, it's gnarly to think to, to, to what people are saying. Mm -hmm. um, in, if anything, it, it just, it, it's really hurts people's progress in their business mm -hmm. more than anything. Uh, <clears throat> so one thing I would say to people is have a really good filter on, proving like what I like to do is like, I like to challenge everything. Like a lot of people like will mention things on like how you should grow your business and stuff like that, mm -hmm. or like how to use AI and all that sort of stuff. I like to challenge everything. And so that's one way to go about it. 
But if you were to start using AI to grow your business, I would not drop the strategy that you're already using to grow your business or to run your business. I would keep the same strategy because it's working. Mm-hmm. In fact, what I would do is what I mentioned before is lean into even lean into it even further and see how AI can complement that process or system or make it better without going, oh, I need to use AI to, now I'm gonna like, if you're a blogger, oh, I'm gonna use AI to do all this video stuff or all this audio stuff mm-hmm. where it, it may work, it may not work, and it could just be a massive time waste and money waste, mm-hmm. right? Versus like, oh, just getting content created, like you can just, create better content with AI and use right. it to your advantage rather than, oh, I'm going to get distracted and try all this new, this new things. And, and if the AI tools and the suggestions that people are shoving down your throat, <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge, are not actually helping your process that you already have that's working, then work out how you can make them help that process. And if you can't, just get rid of it. Don't use it. Right. right? And then when something else comes along, Maybe try that and test it versus like, oh, I all of these AI tools are great and you've just learned 20 of them and how do I make all of these 20 AI tools work in my business when you may only need one or two Yeah, to make right. the process that's already working in your business better. And if you can't, don't fret because something will come down the line in two or three years' time that will make it better mm-hmm. and you don't need to go away and spend hundred hours searching for that when it may not yet exist and then waste all of that time. So <clears throat> if anything, it's funny, it's funny to think the, uh, the, uh, how we're adopting, I believe this is a, a very broad thing. Like I'm adopting AI so damn slow compared to what really everybody else is. Yeah. Yeah. So damn slow because it's just, <clears throat> I know a lot, I'm going to spend a lot of time wasted and a lot of money wasted on things that aren't going to be exactly what, I know what my business needs. Mm -hmm, I know what it wants to grow and I don't want fast growth, right? Fast growth is great, but what goes up really fast comes down really fast. Typically you get something, you get something so hot and heavy and you just can't contain it, right? And how do you, how do you juggle all that work? It blows up in your face. It's happened happened to me in my business before. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, fast growth is is cool, but most people can't sustain it. And I forget where I was going the, with the fast growth thing, but mm-hmm. I, I'm a slow I'm a slow adopter because I would rather a lot of other people make a lot of mistakes, try out these tools, burn and waste their time, and then go, "Yep, I've tried twenty of these, and the one thing this is really good for." And I only use this one AI tool because the rest were just a burn, like a waste of money, waste of time. Didn't really help me be more productive. Cool. I'll let other people do that. <laughs> that's, that makes complete sense because that's the philosophy of buying a business versus building one. You're saying, oh, I'm, I might as well buy a business that's two years old that's already working versus trying to go start from scratch, essentially. It's the same with new technologies, you're saying. Yeah. And look... Do I seem stressed about no. AI? No, not at all. Uh-uh. And I don't know as much about it as most people. 
And then what I, so I save myself time and money, but what's really like time is time is probably the most valuable thing, but just like, I think almost as valuable as time is saving yourself stress. And I just don't fret about like, oh my God, this new AI, how do I make it work for my business? All this new thing, how do I, all like, I just don't fret about that because I know that when change comes and it comes to the crunch time that I need to change something, I'm going to do it. Right. Right. But only once I know that those certain tools have been tested by so many other people that they've just, they've just said, yep, this is it. Like you can't ignore, uh, this, this AI tool, just like what Jack GPT is for bloggers. It's like, there's all these other ones you could use, but mm-hmm. how could you ignore this one now? Like it's the game has, has changed a little bit and it's pretty damn helpful. Right. Right. I like what you're saying about u- using AI or any new tool to complement what's already working, what you're already doing. That's, that is working. Um, you don't have to go do a whole new workflow just because you have a new hammer. Like you don't have to go, you need to listen to your business. It sounds like is what. Yeah. Correct. I'll give people an example. Say you have a blog and you want to grow it. And somebody's like, oh my God, I took my blog. I took snippets of my blog put it through an AI tool and it created some TikTok videos for me. And I'm, I'm growing my, I'm mm-hmm. trying to grow my channel through TikTok, mm-hmm. my, my blog through TikTok. What if you're in a niche that people just don't care about on TikTok? Hmm. Right. And you'd go and spend all of this money and time on doing it. And it just doesn't work as well as like, Oh, how much money did you spend? Say you spent five grand doing it and 200 hours. How much more ROI would have you got if you spent that same amount of money, five grand and 200 hours on creating better content for your site, for your blog, probably get a better ROI. Right. Why? Because people coming from Google are actually wanting to learn how to tie a fishing knot versus like on people really going to TikTok just like, yeah, I want to learn how to tie a fishing knot. <laughs> no, like no, yeah. the intent from Google traffic is so much higher. So mm-hmm. there's these other elements that a lot of people don't understand. Uh, they haven't yet built those filters. Right. Right. Yeah. The intent, the intent of what people want, the intention of what your audience wants determines what you're going to create for them. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Like meeting your meeting people along their journey where they need your help the most hmm. versus going on Instagram and Facebook. And I've mentioned this so many times, like, are they really going on there to make their life better? Mm, not really. They're not really trying to learn stuff. They just want to be passive and, and look at things. So, mm. but that's just an analogy of like, that's just an example of how people could think, oh my God, this one person created, was creating a, a TikTok channel for their mm. blog. Oh, I need to create a TikTok channel for my blog. When it's just not the actual case. A lot of people that come to me that I do one-on-one coaching with, they're like, Jared, I'm like, they're like, I ask them, how do you, how do you, how do you think we should grow this business? I know the answer, but they're like, oh, I could do this. I could do that. I could do this. I could do that. I'm like, none of those are going to work. 
<laughs> the answer's right in front of you. Let's just make that better. The answer is in the data is what you're alluding to. The data of the business. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I feel like you and I were discussing that a few days ago about uh, someone somewhere asked us a question about, hey, I just got a site. You know, what's what are the first action steps? And someone piped up. Uh, you need to make sure all your tracking is set up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, can, yeah. You, you can't start, you can't, someone's handing you a bus or a car. You need to make sure that your windshield's clean and your hands on the steering wheel before you change anything yeah. else. <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't, don't start trying to eat McDonald's whilst you're driving with yeah. when you can't even see through the windscreen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, I, earlier you mentioned finding information, maybe not necessarily through the news or through screens, but through people. And I think there's a misconception in online business that you don't need people. You don't need relationships. Could you speak to that for someone's new to the space? How should they be a viewing or approaching relationships? Ah, <clears throat> uh, this is such a good question. I don't think you could have like brought up a better question. Relationships are absolutely everything. And I want to explain why relationships are everything. You could not live in this world without relationships. Mm -hmm. Number one, a relationship to your mum to be born mm -hmm. and father at least. You don't need to have a relationship with them afterwards, but that relationship yet existed, right? Mm -hmm. right. And without that existing, you would not exist. And Fact. we can't actually operate our lives in this world without people, people that come pick up our rubbish, mm -hmm. people that grow the food on farms, people that bring that food to our shopping centers, people that run the shopping centers. Uh, relationships are so damn important. And when you're buying an online business, how are you going to find businesses without having relationships with people? <laughs> and how you build those relationships is through marketplaces or blogs. So if people didn't exist, or uh, people didn't create marketplaces or blogs, how would you find those businesses? Yeah, you could go away and talk to people and ask them if they wanted to buy their business, outreach strategy. But what comes first? The relationship. The relationship comes first before you can even buy or find a business. Mm -hmm. It's that important. The business that you're buying would not exist without the person who created it. Right. And then you need to build a relationship with that person to be able to build that business. And then all of these relationships that you build, if you are a valuable person and people like to have a relationship with you, mm -hmm. uh, and you don't, I'm not saying that you need to know a lot about online businesses, but if you're just a nice person that somebody trusts, they're going to want a relationship with you. Mm -hmm. If you're going to give them money as well for a business, great. And it's worth upholding that relationship and keeping a good reputation among relationships. So, and the bet, the more relationships you have and the better your relationships are, the better your life can be. And I wouldn't say it's just about qu quantity of relationships. I would talk about quality of relationships. So 
if you had a few really good quality relationships with people in the online business space, number one, somebody that you bought the business off, they can help you a lot. The maybe two or three other people that you're looking at buying businesses from, maybe they had some good ideas to grow a blog or a business, mm -hmm. and then maybe a mentor and maybe some other people in the community, which is what we actually do in Bob is we facilitate relationships. That's why we have right. networking calls. Uh, that's why we have a community uh, and people don't actually feel alone. People are so damn valuable on your journey of like, just even being able to speak to somebody else that's bought a business and having them share their experience is absolutely relieving yeah. and absolutely supportive in a way that people did, didn't understand. Mm -hmm. So relationships are literally everything. We could not, none of this would exist and no, and you would not exist the listener without a relationship. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I want to, yeah, I want to harp on that again. Like what, mm. wait, if someone's looking to buy an online business, really looking to do anything in life, if you don't have a community of people who are facing the same struggles and who you can't speak with, or you're not able to speak, if you're a lone wolf, anything you try to do is going to be difficult. And I think that's especially true in online business because it is inherently, you're not near people already. It's already a challenge. So if you're never growing relationships as if you're trying to buy an online business or grow it, then you are going to be very, you could more demoralized than you need to be. Like, yeah. Think about like, let's just say if what, let's just have a goal, right? And that goal is success. And what success looks like is to buy a business <clears throat> and grow it. Or just the first step is just to buy the business. Mm -hmm. Let's look, let's compare that and have that and see how that can run parallel to somebody that's successful, a successful runner. Mm. Most people know who Usain Bolt is. Right. Was the fastest person on the planet, maybe still is, not sure, right? Mm. But how did he how did he get there? Not by just running the track alone by himself. He would have had a coach to guide him. He would have had a trainer in the gym. He would have had an osteopath, physio, Cairo. He's got somebody <laughs> like a Nike, sorry? a Nike sponsorship. <laughs> Sponsorships uh, that help pay for all mm -hmm. of the all, his whole team. Mm -hmm. Anybody that has any level of success especially if it's an individual, people think it's an individual sport. It's mm -hmm. no, it's not an individual sport, right? He gets, he gets the glory, right? He runs the race, but it wouldn't have happened without the whole team. He wouldn't have achieved that, that, that level without the whole team. And just like I do in any venture is I try and build a team around me of amazing people. If I get into real estate, build a team. Right? right? And that team does not need to be, I'm going to hire somebody full time to do this work for me. Mm -hmm. You could have a contractor. A mentor can be a contractor. You right. could pay per month, per year. Mm -hmm. uh, your team, you can have a team of contractors that can help you. Just like if you were to run a blog, you could have a team. You don't need to hire your writer full time. Mm -hmm. You could just hire them on a contractual basis. But they're a part of your team. So, absolutely to achieve anything you need a team and that comes back to mention what you said before it's just relationships yeah yeah absolutely it's not a it's not a not a, there's no glory in just being alone it, it will be much harder you may potentially fail more likely 
fail if you're alone and yeah. I and mean, what's it's, the fun in it? There's no fun. Well, there's, there is none. Yeah. Because mm. unless there's, there's no, I wouldn't say there's no, maybe not fun, but there's no mm. fulfillment. Yeah. One thing that I've learned in my life and I, I learned this, I learned this from traveling. Mm. I, the, and I'm, this is going to, this is the, Mo, the, what I consider to be the most valuable thing in life is I went traveling mm-hmm. and I thought, all right, the most valuable thing in life are experiences, right? And experiences are so damn enriching. But I did a lot of that. I traveled for years and years and years, solo with friends. I had the best time with friends and realized that it's not just the experience of the most valuable thing. It's experiences with people that you love. And the reason mm. why I believe it's experiences with people that you love and that's the most valuable thing in life is that when you have those experiences with people love you love, you get to reminisce those experiences again and again and again and again. Because I've actually done some incredible things uh, with people that I've had short-term friendships with that I'll never speak to again. And they're more incredible than and more outrageous than some of the things that I've done with the people I love. But what I cherish the most is those little things and little experiences with the people I love because we get to reminisce them. Now, when it comes to solo entrepreneurship, that's a lonely journey and it's just not fulfillment. And in fact, solo entrepreneurship does not actually exist. There's no such thing as a solo entrepreneur because anybody that's a, that's like just to be born, you're not solo, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You need your mom, you need your dad. Yeah. And then you need to learn through school how to read and write and maybe do some maths, use a calculator, use an iPhone. Mm-hmm. So sure, but going to show you some, some of that sort of stuff. Some of it's, you know, iPhones are pretty uh, natively and, you know, a lot of us are intuitive to learning it. But even if you just listen, even if you're just listening to this podcast, you've gotten help from somebody else. Oh, this counts. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're, you're, not, you're, not, you're not a solo entrepreneur anymore. Sorry, guys. You listen yeah. to podcasts. You stuffed up. Sorry, everybody. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's, that's, that's the solo entrepreneur thing is just an ego uh, metric or yeah. vanity claim. And to, to piggyback from what you're saying, you got to remember the relationship. So, yeah, you mentioned all these relationships that form uh, and go into someone being doing anything. Also, you got to remember that in business, it's about you serving and having a relationship with all your audience or customers. So to say that there's no relationship or that relationship isn't important, <laughs> you're saying, well, then so this, what, who are you going to provide value to? You have to have an audience. Or yeah, customers. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Spot on. <laughs> what about such those great insight? Such great insight, William. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, I was, uh, I got the question the other day. Someone was like, what, you know, what they're considering buying a business and then ways to grow the business. Maybe having an email list was an idea and how to find out what kind of email content the audience would want. And I think one option is to ask the audience. <laughs> You know, yeah. to, to use yeah, that relationship yeah. and ask them what, it, I mean, what are you, what are your thoughts on that? Um, 
yeah, about how to grow the relationship and asking. <laughs> yeah. Think about it this way. If you've got a partner, like a, like a life partner, mm-hmm. a lover, whatever it is, uh, the best thing you can do is ask them what makes them happy and do more of it. You, you mean know? they don't just want me to cut the grass and that's exactly what they want? Because <laughs> I assume, you hear that all the time. Like, I don't know what his or her problem is. I do X, Y, Z. But that yeah, may not yeah. be what the other person wants. <laughs> guys, here's a tip. Here's a tip for you lads to listening to this podcast. Listen up, guys. Get the book, uh, The Five Love Languages. Ooh, I'm ready it's a that. game changer for your relationship. Uh, or if you're a, a, a lady, get it for your relationship. If you haven't heard of it, it's so valuable. Um, we've talking about relationships here. And The Five lung, love, love Languages can relate to relationships with your intimate partner. <clears throat> But there's so much value you can use for that in relationships with anybody, Mm. Uh, anybody, friends, family, colleagues. And it's funny because we all get, we all are fulfilled by different things that may happen to happen in our relationships or, or in our life. And we, society, out of association feeds us ideologies of what may make your partner or your friend or somebody happy. Mm. Right. So I won't go into the, I won't go into too much of what the content of the book is about, but that book could actually be a really good business book as well, because it's relationships with your audience and your customer. And yeah, it's just, it's out of this world valuable. Just why would you, we have, I might have this idea of what's valuable for everybody in the Bob community mm-hmm. and I put it out there and people was like, cool, thanks. <laughs> don't care about it. Don't need it. So what do I always do at the end of most videos is I ask people, did you find this valuable? If you didn't, what would you find valuable? And can you give me feedback? And more precisely, Constructive feedback, contrast, mm-hmm. constructive criticism and feedback, mm-hmm. because I don't, I'm not going to get hurt because I want you to tell me what I'm doing wrong. I want you to right. tell me how I can be better versus like putting my hand up and saying, I already know everything and I know what you need. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. That's no way to live life or, or grow your business or anything. <laughs> To, to just yeah. assume without asking. That's insane. The better, the better, you, the, coming back to what you said before about like how important are relationships, the better you are with relationships, the better, better business person you are because you understand how the relationship works and the dynamic and what can be valuable, what could not be valuable. And you know what to do, you know, you find out how to, how to be a better like I'm, I'm just, I'm just learning how to just be a better business owner. I'm just learning how to be better at giving you guys value, mm-hmm. and you guys only see value in what you see value in. And I need to, I need to learn from you what you see value in. Right, right. So, <laughs> if you're watching us on YouTube, put in the comments like, what are you digging? What are you not digging in this video? Yeah, I, I yeah. yeah. 
No, spot on. That's yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, tell us, guys. We love and, what, it. and what do we suck at? Yeah, <laughs> what, what do we suck we at? Great? What are our annoying habits as we do this podcast? Uh, <laughs> what are we doing well? You know, we're, we're very open mm. to that. I, I completely agree about this relationship thing. I had um, with business this week, someone who took extra steps to show that they wanted to have a, rela- a working relationship with me. They commented on my Twitter. They, they checked out different content and my business and different projects that I'm working on. And they, they took awesome. time to comment on it and to discuss it. I mean, that person has my loyalty for life basically because they, mm-hmm. they showed they want a relationship. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Guys, if you can just build better relationships with everybody in your audience, it's not about the how many relationships, but if you have a few quality relationships, like everything's going to be so much better for this is going to be so much more value because you you got a stronger and more connected relationship and you find out what they want, you find out who they are, you, you find out how to help them better, you get to know them better and they get more value you give more value, everybody wins. Right, right. I think that's what the whole point of that book or article, a thousand true fans, if you have a thousand people who love you, you're set. Mm. Like you can do pretty well. You know, we don't always have to yep. be grasping more and more people. So um, Jared Krause, I think we've hit a great stopping point. So if you've, if you've been listening, guys, relationships, 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 and um, Jared Krause, thank you so much. Thanks, William. Thanks for having me All on right. uh, and, and asking me such great questions and having guiding me down different rabbit holes and on on value relationships, online businesses. And yeah, it's it's always fun. That's it. That's it. Well, great, great talk. And uh, see everyone next time.